Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. guys, welcome back to another episode of the Made for This podcast. We are so excited that you're joining us for this new season that we're doing on Get Out of Your Head Kids. Today, you get to hear a really fun conversation with Jenny, Sadie Robertson-Huff, and her mom, Corey Robertson. And you guys, it is one you don't want to miss. Both Sadie and Corey are authors and speakers, and we will make sure to put all of the info so you can connect with them online, look up their books in the show notes of this episode. And just one quick reminder, you guys have been absolutely amazing leaving reviews and subscribing to the podcast. If you haven't yet, but you have enjoyed listening to the Made for This podcast, would you consider leaving a review today? We love to hear from you guys, and it just is such an encouragement to us. All right, let's go. Here is the conversation with Jenny, Sadie, and Corey. so excited about this conversation with you guys because I am curious and I read a lot of Strong and Kind. So I know you have talked a lot about your family publicly. And what I want to hear is just what did it look like to grow up? Because I'm watching you, Corey, and you guys are launching some healthy kids that love Jesus. And I know you would never claim and don't to have done it perfectly, but you've gotten some things right in that they like you and they like God. And that's what we always say around our house. Those are our big goals is that they would like God and they would like us. So I want to start, I guess, with Sadie and just hear, Sadie, what was it like growing up in your house? Oh, man. Uh, honestly, it was a lot of fun. Like it was, uh, this is what I always say about my parents, because everybody asks me, like, what's the key to success? Because people say that to mom, like, you have good kids that like each other and they like you and all that stuff. They want to be around. And mom and dad were just like really fun and they had a lot of fun and they were strict and they were parents, but like they were never like scary to come to and like talk about real stuff and real problems. I literally asked mom every question in the world, but all my siblings make fun of me because they say like, if anything came to me, it was like like straight to mom because it was like tractor me but mom like kind of raised me like you tell me everything you ask me anything (laughs) and it was actually awesome because I feel like it made me like us have a relationship me grow more in wisdom but also like at the end of the day we're just a bunch of goofy people who like to laugh at each other and laugh at ourselves which is just a good combination so yeah lots of game nights lots of pizza you said healthy we're healthy but not super healthy Um, but yeah, just, a lot of flour. Yeah. Hey, but I was going to say food is a part of it because my, my meals over this break quarantine with all the kids home have gotten f- more fattening and more fattening. And all of a sudden my kids are like, mom, this is the best food you've ever cooked. I'm like, it's, it's butter. It's yeah. butter and sour cream, you know, it just, yeah. Mom said, this is the best, like, cause uh, yeah. dad made homemade pizza. Said, this is the best crust you've ever made. And then dad said, yeah, put sugar in it. And mom was like, oh, <laughs> no. of course you did. It just makes everything better. Well, I love what you're saying because I, in fact, in this whole series, what we're talking about is fighting for kids. We're looking at the next generation coming and y'all know, get out of your head. We've been talking about our minds and how to get out of our head and not be paralyzed with anxiety and fear. Well, the number one question that's been coming in is how do we help our kids with that? Because, you know, the the numbers and the statistics, as y'all know, with anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, all of that is just rampant in this next generation. And and so, so much of it is just that fierce fighting that I know, Corey, you really were determined. You were like, you know what? What each kid needs might be different. 
but we're going to fight for each one of them. And so what has that felt like for you as you've had lots of different personalities and lots of different passions and gifts and different, you know, what has it looked like for you and your just the driver's seat of fighting for your kid with different personalities and with different kids? That's so good because yes, every kid is going to come out different, whether you have biological children, adopted children, like God made them unique in themselves. And I, I, I thought of this kind of more recently than when they were younger. And I kind of wish I'd have known this when they were younger is that they are who they are. Like God created them, how he created them with unique and original personalities. And like, it's really kind of our job to just almost like protect that and help them to grow into who God made them to be, you know, help them to become mm-hmm. the person God made them to be. And all these outside influences can come in and stop that and, and, and prevent and put blocks of them becoming who God wanted them to be because of fear and security, shame or different things that come into their life. And so I think it is our job to kind of be like, no, like we're not going to allow that to come into our kids' lives and, and um, to change who God wanted them and created them to be. And so that is part of it, knowing each of your kids and knowing what things what are their blockers? What are their things that are, are coming into their lives? And um, yeah, mm-hmm. Sadie said that I kind of raised them to like, tell me everything. I did. I was like, you have to tell me everything from a yep. very young age. And we just try to really talk a lot and be open and honest. And like, if they told me something that was like, oh gosh, I tried to not react. Like, oh gosh, I just tried to just <laughs> okay, yeah. That's a difficult art, by the way. Yeah. yeah. You got to keep the face like, okay, yeah, yeah. Let's talk through this. What does that mean and look like, you know? So we did try to talk, talk a lot. And I do remember hearing really, and I, I was a big reader. I've always been a big reader. So I read a lot of books and I tried to, you know, to learn how to be a parent and how to like raise our kids well. And I remember hearing someone speak and saying, you have to romance your kids because you want them to, to love you and to like you. And that is their first step in loving and liking God, because they do the things that the way as parents, you know, we interact with our kids teaches them what a good father, what a good parent Mm -hmm. is like and that's hard that's a lot of pressure it feels like a lot of pressure but um you know god covers all of our mistakes and all the times when we're not perfect and we certainly have to sometimes Mm -hmm. just come in and say all right we screwed that up didn't do that Mm -hmm. right i'm human and um, i'm not going to do it all right i'm not god and god God, we do serve a perfect god well and some of those moments are the best moments right like i think i think some of the times i've made the biggest mistakes and had to own up to that and the hurt has caused more intimacy and like us being closer than the times we've done it right. I think that helps relieve a little bit of the pressure. It's just, it's a relationship. And what means something in a relationship is honesty and communication and all the same things with a parent and a kid too. But I know for a lot of people they are listening and they're like, I want my kid to open up to me. How did you do it? What did it look like? Especially if you have kids that that didn't open up as easily. Yeah. And some of our kids do. Like, some, like Sadie is a natural talker. Like literally, I think I read this in the book so I can tell this, but like, like whenever I told her, oh, like, dear. you know, about sex, about the birds and the bees, she asked me every question you can imagine. Like, literally, we talked till one in the morning, and then we got to the end of it, and she was like, I'm not sure I wanted to know all that. And I was like, well, <laughs> I, you asked. I've always I told, told you I would answer it. Yes. To be honest and answer anything yeah. you asked. So Sadie just naturally was a kid that like asked all the questions and talked a lot. And some of our others aren't that way. So I think there is a point where you do have to kind of like look for those opportunities. Like when do they, like when is yeah. the moment? When can I catch that moment? And I'm going to continue it even if I'm tired. Sometimes it is late at night. And sometimes I'm kind of like, all right, get out of my room. But I try to like, you know, use that time and 
really listen and be there. And it does have to do with being there. I love, there's a Mother Teresa quote that I just love. And it says, God hasn't called me to be successful. He's called me to be faithful. And Mm. I love it because it takes the pressure off of me. Like I don't have to like do it all right. I just have to like be there every day. I just have to like get up and like be faithful, be in it, be in the, in the moment. So that's what I try to do. Yeah. Well, and I think back to the book and it's been a while since I read it, but strong and kind, like I remember thinking, okay, why I liked it so much. I don't love parenting books, candidly. (laughs) I probably should not be doing this series because I didn't read all the books because they made me feel pressure. But yours, it was just like, okay, wait, I can have these attributes of this is where we're headed. And it helps to not feel like I've got to do it right. We've got to have these kind of end goals in mind. And then we can kind of be in process together toward that rather than step one, step two, step three, which I feel like was kind of your style too. Yeah, we weren't very step one, step two, step three. Like we're not, that's kind of not our personalities. We don't do anything the same on every, any other day. So, but we did, um, I think that the part of it that I did want to get across and that is really is like, we don't want to tell our kids like what they, we want them to be in life. Like we really never wanted to put pressure on them as we have a family business. So this is what we want. You're going to go to college right. and work in this family business and you're going to get married at this age. Like we really don't have those goals for our kids. We really you know, had goals for the type of people we, we mm-hmm. would hope they would be and the type of people we hope we will be. And I think um, it, it challenges you in a way of like, okay, that's where I have to start. Cause like I have to be, if I want my daughter to be fearless, then I have to live fearless. Like if yep. I want her to be kind to others, I have to be kind to others. And so like, it always ends up kind of turning back on, on yourself as the, as a person, which is, I think, what we're all responsible to do as believers is like try to become better, more like Jesus and who we are, knowing that his death on the cross covers any of our sins. But, you know, we do have to turn it back on ourselves. And if we're the kind of people we want our children to be, I think that we're not putting it on them as like rules. Here's the rules. Here's what this and this and this. It's just like, okay, I want my kids to be generous. So like, I'm going to show them what it looks Mm -hmm. like to be generous. Did you feel that way, Sadie? Like you watched and learned more from who they were than what they said or did? Oh, for sure. And told you what to do? 100%. Yeah. Like they modeled it out. And mom always says this, and this is so true. Like they were the same no matter what room they walked in or no matter like uh, what successes they had. And that's huge because then like we saw this like genuine heart to pursue kindness and to pursue strength, but not in their own strength. And and we knew that was coming from God. And what's really cool mm-hmm. is like, I didn't even notice this until I'm like reading my vows to Christian. But in my vows, I was like, I love how strong you are and how kind you are. And I was like, when I said it, I was like, oh, that is like exactly what I wanted. And so it's like, like, also what you look for. So it's like, I was looking for the attributes of strong and kind, because that was something that like my family had. And that was something that I watched my parents like model. And mm. so it's just cool because yeah. even like me, hopefully becoming that, you know, daily is also like the kind of people I look for in life to like be around, which is a cool thing to think about. Mm. One thing I feel like sometimes I feel insecure about and talking about like our family, our kids and people ask like, Oh, what was your like steps? Or what was your, like, did you have like daily devotions or weekly devotion? Like, no, we really didn't. Like we weren't really good at that. Like, honestly, like we were not the parents that were like, okay, every Sunday night at eight o'clock, we're going to like, have a devotional and prayer time or even like we just aren't super routine people (laughs) and they'd be like oh let's have a church service it's just our family 
and then we don't do it again for a year. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> that's our family. I'm so comforted right now. Yes, we are way too fly by the seat of our parents. Yeah, that's how yeah. we are too. Yes. So we're just not super good at that. And so I do, I've always kind of feel a little insecure when people ask me that question because, like, we didn't have a step one, step two, step three model. We really tried our best we can to live it. And when we didn't, we tried to just be honest and own up to it. And change it and ask for help when we needed it you know? I think that's the thing too just like seeing two people that aren't perfect because they would own up to either mistakes they were making in a moment or mistakes that they made in their past which mm -hmm. makes you want to go to them and talk to them because you you're not afraid that they're gonna be like oh my gosh like how could you ever it's like oh like there's an aspect of like oh, I get that I can see how that would happen yeah. That don't ever do it again, you know, because that's not wiser because that leads to whatever. But it was just good because they didn't set this like this stage where it was like they were perfect. They don't make mistakes or it was like whatever. It was just real people who do make mistakes, but are pursuing the Lord and are strong and kind. And then that makes you as a kid want to go to them and ask questions and be vulnerable with where you've been or where you're at. Well, and I just think this should take off so much pressure that, that what are we really after? We're after a kid that knows how to make mistakes, knows how to apologize. Well, where are they going to learn? If if what you're saying is right, and I think it's so powerful, Sadie, to hear it from you because you just got married, you're just launching into kind of adulthood and like the next, you know, starting a family for yourself. And so to say, looking back, it was more about what my parents did and like who they were than it was what they told me or how they how they walked through all these steps it's freeing because then you're going, okay, I can make mistakes in front of my kids. I, In fact, I probably need to make mistakes in front of my kid because that's going to teach them maybe more than, well, for sure more than us being perfect or pretending we are. For sure. Yeah. So, I yeah. think it's really important that parents like Willie and I disagree on like 90% of the things in life. Like we just like, have, we were raised so differently. Like we literally, I mean, our faith was the same in that we both were raised in Christian homes. But other than that, like, it was complete opposite. And so we think differently. And so our kids see us like we argue, we disagree. We're mm -hmm. like, it's part of normal life. And I think your kids need to, you got to be unified on the important things with your kids. Certainly you don't want them to come to one and come to the other and pitch you against each other. But I think it's important for your kids to see it. You don't want to set your kids up for like getting married and being like, Oh, we're never supposed to argue or we're going to supposed to be perfect. You know? That's not real life at all. And so um, I think hopefully our kids, that was a learning thing for them to see that we can disagree, but still respect each other and love each other. And like, yeah, I, you don't want to hide your fight so well that they get married and they're just shocked. Like, oh no, we just had a fight, you know, you know, like this week, Zach and I got in a fight and we don't, we're 22 years in. So our fights are, are less frequent than they were for our, when our oldest were young, they're like, oh yeah, mom and dad fought all the time. So now it's like less and less. And Cooper came down because, because we yell, we're like, we're yellers. And so Cooper came down the next morning and he was giggling. He's like, did you hear mom and dad fighting to my other kids? And they, they laugh. They're like, they always work it out, Coop, you know, but he, he was like so proud that he like got to know the secret that mom and dad fight, you know? <laughs> so we do. And we yell. We don't hide it. Okay. So, Corey, I want to talk about a crisis with one of your kids where you felt like, you know what, just some moment where, you know, you came to a head where you're like, this could really screw up. Like, this is going to be a defining moment because I think there's the little moments of every day, but there's also moments, especially now that your kids are a lot older and, and you can look back where you thought to yourself, okay, how am I going to handle this situation where maybe you didn't know what to do? 
Mm-hmm. Can use me if you. Well, to. that's probably all you say, <laughs> since she's here. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I mean I could tell about pleasing the stars, which we talk about a lot because it was a it was a moment that maybe I don't want other parents to be like, oh, I can't relate to that because like my child's not going on dance with stars. But it's a moment yeah. where I remember feeling like, am I going to allow my child this freedom to like go and take this really big risk and be around people that might not have the same values as us and not have to, or am I going to like protect her and keep her close and say like, nope, we're going to stay in our, what's safe for us and what feels really safe. And I do remember feeling that like insecurity about that and fear about that. Sadie, how old were you? I was 17. Well, I was 16 when I went to the interview. I'm 17. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and up until that time, of course, we had a show, but we were still in Louisiana, and it was all our family together and all that, and so there was a lot of things we had to navigate as from, from that perspective before that about, like, social media or about, like, letting our children be put out there, you know, but we kind of navigated all that, and we got to this point where she got asked to do Dance with the Stars, and um, it was just, like, kind of gripped with fear, like, as a mom, like, am I making the right decision? Do I let her go? Do I not? How do I like God, like just help me in this decision. And I'll never forget a friend of mine who was like, just a faithful woman of God just said, you do not need to be scared for her. She has the spirit of God living in her. Mm. Like, and it was just moment of like, Oh yeah. Like it's not me. It's not all me protecting my kids and making sure everything's right in their world. And that it all goes well. It's like the spirit of God is in them. They have that in the, he is with them for them. He loves them more than even I do. You know, he's got it. And so it was just a a real moment for me to just release and say like, okay, I've got to let my kids go out into the world and let them. And I'll keep saying, tell them I wanted them to dream big and they can do anything and all this. And then I'm going to hold them back whenever the opportunity comes. And so it was a lesson for me. And I I remember when Sadie was little, this is just a a weird little like memory that I have whenever we were at a water park and they had this, one of those things like handlebars, you walked across and Sadie started doing it and she was having a hard time. And I remember I was saying to her, I said, it's okay. If you need to drop, you can drop. Cause I could tell it was hard for her. She was little, like maybe five or so. And some man said to me, don't tell her that, tell her she can do it. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's so right. And I was like, you can do it. Come on, baby. You can do it. <laughs> and she like made it across. Yeah, it was such a moment to be like, okay, like our kids can do more than we think they can. And like, they've got the spirit of God and then they're stronger than we think. And so many times we kind of let them off the hook and be like, oh, they're teenagers mm-hmm. or they're kids or they're this or whatever. Whenever we need to like believe in them and say like, no, you've got this. You can do this. Mm-hmm. God's behind you. He's in you. He's with you. Go for it. Yeah. Well, I love that analogy. I actually love the two together because that's such a big thing to let your girl soar into the literally the whole wide world and watch that. And yet I think that releasing of Sadie, like I, I mean, just even in our friendship, Sadie, like you, when you've told me your story and your testimony, there are so many things around that experience that you would say shaped you more than anything else in your life. So, I mean, just knowing her side of that story, Corey, you allowing God to work in her life and really overcoming probably your own fears of what could be ahead allowed God to work. And I think that's what I take away from that is just no matter what it is of that letting go and opening your hands and saying, okay, God, I'm going to release this even though it scares me and makes me nervous. I'm going to trust them to you. That happens in all of our lives from the time they're little, <laughs> you know, I mean, the first time we send them to school, the first time they make a bad decision, it's just constantly kind of opening our hands and letting go. Having just sent a kid to college, 
I realize like what I can't imagine what that moment felt like for you even earlier. It, it is a scary thing that we are raising these kids ultimately to let them go and to let them soar. And it's hard because you in the beginning, it's like you, you the tighter you hold, the better mom you are, right? <laughs> like the more you you hang on and take care of their needs and do all that you're winning. And then all of a sudden it becomes, oh no, that's that's not healthy. <laughs> all of a sudden somewhere in like, you know, 10 to 12 to 14, you got to start letting go because it, then you become that parent you didn't mean to become if you don't let go. talking about the minds of the next generation, Sadie, this is what you're giving your life to. You're giving your life to this generation that's coming. I want you to just talk to them for just a minute and specifically those that might be listening or maybe the parents of those that are struggling with anxiety, you know, or depression or even suicidal thoughts. Like what would you say to those that are younger that feel stuck in, in their minds? For sure. Well, first of all, I'd say, you know, I, I get it. Like, years ago, whenever I was going through that similar time, Mm -hmm. I felt so stuck in anxiety. I literally thought it was who I was. Like, I was like, I remember telling mom, like, I just, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just who I am. Like, I'm just an anxious person. Like, I just, I can't control that I have panic attacks. I can't control it. This just keeps happening Mm -hmm. and stuff. And time after time of calling mom, I've panic attack after panic attack and mom just like speaking scripture over me started to like sink into my heart and sink into my mind and I just started to like quote that over and over and over anytime I started feeling fear anytime I started feeling anxious like fighting that fighting that and come um just going back at it and I would just say like don't let yourself like lose the battle of your mind you know like you Mm -hmm. can win the battle of your mind and I, I would just say like surround yourself with people who can speak the truth over your mind and over your life even when you can't that was super important for me because when I was telling myself I am anxiety I am anxious I am fearful I'm not going to come out of this there was somebody telling me no you're not because God did not give you a spirit of fear you know he gave you power love and a sound mind and all of these different things that really helped because at one point mom and different people were fighting for me and then I became strong enough to fight for myself because I recognized those thoughts that were creeping in I recognized the lifestyle patterns that I was doing that was causing maybe some of those thoughts to happen. And I think that's really important, like identifying those as identifying the lifestyle that you're living. And is that, you know, playing a role in why you're thinking of the thoughts that you're thinking of and talking to somebody about it is so important. Don't try to fight your mind battle by yourself. It's your mind, but it needs a friend. Like it needs other people. That's right. That's good. Even now, like Mm -hmm. Christians become a person to me that I can share with him, like the good, bad, and the crazy, you know, it's like, I don't know why I'm thinking this, but I am. And it's just Mm -hmm. so important to get it out initially. And I've learned that that really helps to fight it. Um, You know, I think for, for us as a generation, we're struggling this with this more than ever. And some of it is a chemical imbalance. And so there's that. And then there's also like, there's some just from the stuff that we put on ourselves. And there's Mm -hmm. some from the lies that we believe. So there's a huge theme to talk about just in one section. But I would just say, you know, I feel like it's become almost a normal thing and not a cool thing, but it's like the standard thing to say, like, oh, I struggle with mental illness. Like everybody, like every college campus I go to, everybody struggles with mental illness. Everybody has anxiety. Everybody struggles with depression. Everybody struggles with this. Mm -hmm. And I would just say like, I know we might be showing with that and might, that might be real right now, but that's not a cool thing. Like we don't want mm-hmm. to identify <laughs> ourselves with anxiety. We don't 
want to identify ourselves with depression. We don't want, like, we have to start fighting it and feel the need and the want to fight it. That's not something you want to cling to or hold Mm -hmm. on to. And I would just say, like, until my mom said, no, you are not anxiety. Like, that's fear. And then I was like, oh, I don't want that because fear sounded worse than anxiety. But it's like, Mm. when you identify it's like, that's fear, that's depression, that's leading you to worry. death and Which, worry and all those different things. And that's not healthy and that's not cute. That's not a good thing. Then we're like, okay, I don't want this anymore. I need to fight it. And you get the tools to fight it. You read the that's word, right. go to the doctor, you talk to the people because you no longer want to identify yourself with that. And I just would totally speak that over my generation that that's not a cool thing. You don't want that. You, you want to fight that and become a better person. You'll live a way better quality life um, mm-hmm. on this earth for sure. Oh, girl. <laughs> I am like, I am, I am coming out of my skin because this is so good because this is, if we, if we are comfortable in it, we will never leave it. If we think that, oh, this is just our lot, like we just have to struggle with it. I mean, there's probably some people that are like, I want what you're saying to be true. I don't want to struggle with it. I don't think it's cool, but I don't know how to change. And I think what you can hear all three of us saying is that you can, like there is power that you have that, that can shift things. Corey, I would love to even just hear when your kids were little, because I bet there's a lot of parents listening that have little kids. I want you to speak to them about when your kids were little, what did you do to help them not spiral? If you remember any situation where they were spiraling in fear or spiraling in anger or whatever, what does it look like to, to kind of grab that little five-year-old by the shoulders and kind of help bring them back? Yeah. So Sadie was my more naturally had some more fear as a, from a young age, fear of like weather or fear of like even getting in front. It's so crazy that she speaks to like, in front I of thousands. It is crazy. Literally. That's when I heard that about her story that she was so scared. Oh, she was. And, and but, you know, I, I really try to just not allow her to live in it. I just try to like still make her do it, you know? And I remember the first time she went to camp, which literally this is the camp that our family like runs you know so like we're all there like it's not like she's at some camp on her own at five years old my house was on the property yeah like we're there (laughs) yeah she was like but you were homesick little Sadie little Sadie was homesick (laughs) right down the street yes and then the closing program you know they all get up there and sing you know and so I'm come down there and she's like I don't want to do it I'm not getting up there and sing and I'm like yes you are you can do this, you know? So I have a video of her literally sitting on that front row, just like bawling, like bawling. Oh. Kind of. All the other kids are singing and doing their little hand motions and she's standing there crying, but she's standing there, you know? So like, oh. that's one of those things that I always believe that like getting over fear, you don't get over fear by not doing the thing you're scared of. No. You get over fear by doing the thing you're scared of. So I just kind of like really yeah. give the, give her the encouragement, give her the protection around her, but say like, no, you can do this. Yeah. Like, and you're, you're going to do this. You're mm-hmm. going to be there and it might be scary, but you can do it. And mm-hmm. so um, we did breathing. Like we would say, like, let's take some deep breaths. You know, yeah. I remember that we used to blow out the candles. So I'd put up five fingers and I'd be like, blow out each one just to help them I love that. breathe. Cause yeah, it, like a little five-year-old's like, <laughs> <laughs> I would say like just watching mom do that, like for parents who are dealing with kids like me, who was like anxious of everything, scared of everything, didn't want to, didn't feel like I could do anything. There was a moment in my life where the revelation hit me 
that, wow, every time I do the thing I'm afraid of, fear is conquered. Like, I just remember, mm-hmm. it's just that simple. It's like, do you realize you're conquering fear every time you do it? And every time mm-hmm. I would survive it and I'd be fine. And I read somewhere yeah. that, like, you know, I, I was always, I was super, like, mesmerized by things that are scary. Like, I would love to watch the Weather Channel yeah. or, like, tornado stories. And then I'd be, of course, afraid of them. Or I, like, love to look up facts about shark attacks. Like, I was that person. But what I found is that, like, I would always just be like, how do people that, like, survive shark attacks, how do they get back in the water? Like, I could never get back in the water if that happened. And it turns out, like, people who survive those things become less afraid of it because they survived it. And there's, like, wow. this thing called, like, survivor's confidence. And I started thinking about that with, like, little things of fear. It's like you gain this confidence because confidence is, like, a trust in something. And you trust yourself when you realize you survived something you didn't think you were going to be able to survive. Mm-hmm. And so seeing mom push me to do those things, I'm like, wait a second, I came out and it, and I'm better for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it just clicked. And now it's like, and now I'm probably too far in the opposite direction. I'm like, take me skydiving, do whatever. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> I, 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 love I love it. Gaining that confidence. Yeah. And so, yes, I'm t- night and day different than what I was when I was little besides I'm the same person, but as far as that fear and stuff like that, because people say, how do you speak? How do those different things? But it's not just, Oh, one thing, just, I'm just totally different person. I grew out of it. It was like, mom continuing to say like, you can do that. You're going to do that. And not catering towards my fear and saying like, Oh yeah, you're afraid of kid. You don't have to do that. Forever. I think that does have to do with too. Like the words you speak over your kids, you know, I, I'll hear moms be like, Oh, they're just shy or they're just that. And I just was careful not to say those things in front of them or anything like that you know whenever you know I have even at grocery stores or sometimes you'll hear a kid say like oh you're being a brat or this like we just didn't say those things like about we just were careful about the words that we speak over them we don't say that they're just shy or they're just like afraid or they're just stubborn or that you know like we just tried to be careful about we said affirming words the the things that we wanted to see in them rather the things that we maybe saw and, and, and didn't, you know, felt like they needed to grow through or grow past. So. Mm, that's so helpful and so encouraging because it is so easy to do the other. It is so easy to just say everything negative. And it's true. I mean, I think about Cooper right now because I'm still in the thick of parenting with him and he's 11. And he just did an interview with um, Dr. Chapman five love languages and I got off and I walked right in because I think he's words of affirmation I looked him in the eye and he's still shorter than me and you know he's still a little boy and I grabbed him by the face and I spoke all of this truth over him and he literally stood up straighter and he smiled so big and he said he said thank you mom and I mean he just it was almost like he grew up as I was doing this this was like 20 minutes ago but I do think that gosh if we just speak life over our kids if we just say the things that we hope them to be and we see them becoming, I really do believe they will rise to that. They they want to believe that we believe in them, you know? So, oh. One other thing I was thinking of when Sadie was talking, because that is something, Sadie, a trait that she has always had that has been such a positive. She wants to learn and grow. She wants help. Like she seeks advice and all that. And if you are not a person that does that, I think that's such a valuable skill to like gain in your life to say, you know, for all the young people who are listening or whatever, I have other children that aren't that way and that have that struggle with that. Like they don't want to hear the criticism or they're like, they don't want the advice. So they almost like won't say anything because they don't want you to give the advice, you know, where we've talked about a lot. I think that's a, a part of true wisdom to say the hard thing 
and then to take the advice that someone gives you, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a trait that Sadie's always had. And, and people say like, how is she so wise at a young age? And I can promise you, like, it's not me. Like I didn't like do it all right or perfectly got imprinted that into her heart and mind. But part of it is because she, she learns because she asks, she tells her truth. She tells the hard stuff and then so yeah. allows people to speak into her life and to help her with it. And so I think a lot of people are at their suffering kind of silently, like, Oh, I'm dealing yes. with anxiety, depression or whatever, but they're actually, they're not seeking out the yeah, help. True. And, you know, just like for whatever, I'm, I'm a big believer in like, go get help and take care of the things, you know, don't live if you, even if you have like, say you've got a sore on your arm, like you just see it and watch it like, Oh, it's growing. I'm just going to keep looking at it. Other than like going right. to the doctor and getting the medication yes. you need to, to fix that. And so what that looks like is like, whenever you realize something, just tell somebody, yeah. it might not be your mm. mom. I have a relationship and find somebody who will yeah. be honest with you and won't just be like, Oh, you're great. We all have anxiety. Let's live with it. You know, right. Actually yeah. speak truth over your That's life good. and, um, and be willing to live and do the things that they it's good that they mm. <laughs> well before we go I just want to honor both of you because Sadie I've gotten to spend a lot of time with you and it reflects very well on Corey you and Willie because the fruit of y'all's investment in your kids lives is is now impacting the world and I'm just grateful that I've gotten to see her up close. And it did make me curious. And y'all were top of my list to have on here because I want to hear from people that have done this in a way that that feels doable. That's not this parenting as you have to remember the 12 points, but is actually just life on life and and going through life together and imperfectly. And so it's such an honor to have you guys here. Thanks for being here. It's great to see you guys. We love Thank you, you so for much. For the way you poured into my baby girl too. Oh, I love her. Well, and what you said about her, I mean, it's true. Like the reason I feel so close to you, Sadie, is you are such a curious learner. And every time we've been together, you're like, now what about this? And what about this? And we've talked everything from theology to ministry to marriage. And it's just, it's so fun. And it just, there's something really delightful about teachable people. And I hope I am one too. I hope that I am one of those too, because I do think that it's a great way to live. Hey, before you turn this episode off, I want to make sure you didn't miss this. Last episode, Jenny made a huge announcement about a 15-year dream in the making that is finally coming real, and we want you to be a part of it. If you're a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, a teacher, if you just work with kids, you will want to go right now to theolaby.com. It's T-H-E-O-L-A-B-Y.com. Drop your email in because coming in June 2020 are tools and resources that are going to help you give the kids in your life a big view of God, and we don't want you to miss it. So head over there to theology.com so you don't miss a single update.